0: Welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast with Pod Ambition, yep. Blonde Ambition. Blonde. Oh right, yeah, Blonde and Pod don't. Like. This week we're going to talk about Blonde on Netflix. We'll talk about what we've been watching and real news. I'm James. I'm Dan. How are you?
1: I'm all right, thanks. You good, self?
0: I'm good, thank you. I'm okay. How are you getting on in the uh, in the financial crisis with the the fall in the value of the pond? Well, let me ask let me let me ask you a question. How is it that you would think that now that the queen's passed away and they have to stop making pound coins, the value of the pound will go up?
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know why nobody's looking at it from that angle. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, strange. Just, just speaks to these wacky times we live in.
0: Yeah, it's completely against everything I understand about economics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to make matters worse, doesn't impact anyone else, getting booted out of my house because they're selling it. I rent. Um. Yeah. So that was nice to find out this week. If you're listening, landlord, I understand. I do understand. It's fair enough. But uh still messes up my life. Anyway, speaking of messing up, I've got to issue two apologies. Number one, we were uh, referring at the end of the episode. This is presuming anybody listens to the very end of the episode. So fingers crossed. Might be a completely pointless apology. I said that Blonde got a 40-minute standing ovation at Cannes Film Festival. Wrong! It was Venice Film Festival. So... I'm sure nobody really picked up on that, but if you did, I've apologised. Deal with it. Next one. I said that the Netflix crime series Dharma was on the right side of respect when it came to victims. Now, all I've read in the week since is that it's not. (laughs) (laughs) However, I'm not going to backtrack on that completely. I understand where they're coming from, and I think maybe there's not from what I'd originally seen when I gave my review. There's some graphic things that maybe they didn't need to show, but there is a whole episode that I've now seen, which is dedicated to one of his victims or or features one of his victims who was deaf. And I found it one of the most poignant hours of television I've seen in ages. So I feel like it does honor and respect the victims in a way. I don't feel like I've apologized. I feel like I've doubled down. Anyway, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm sorry if I gave quite insensitive comments at the time. So that's my apologies done. James, did you say anything wrong last week? I
0: did say something wrong. I don't know what it was, though. When we were talking about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, I said, they don't even have the rights to the Lord of the Rings. They just have to make a story out of the scraps of rights that they've bought. That's just not true. Um... It's the opposite, so I looked it up because I'm just going to read out what it says on empireonline.com. Amazon's rights to Tolkien's work are the same rights that producer Zolzainz bought in the 1970s that led to the animated Lord of the Rings film and eventually to Peter Jackson's films. The rights include material from The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, so I was was totally, utterly wrong and what they're making in, in Amazon is based on the appendices from Lord of the Rings.
1: How many years, now Now that you know this to be true, how many years do you give it until they reboot the Lord of the Rings film? So...
0: I think that they will do as much as they can from the appendices, maybe three or four seasons. I think they've planned five. And then when everyone's given up on them and no one can be bothered, they'll announce that they're going to do the Fellowship of the Ring as a eight hour TV series and everyone will go mad and it'll reboot the hype and everyone will say, Oh, well, the, f- the last five years of complete rubbish we will forgive all that. And we'll do Lord of the Rings now. And my, my, my conspiracy, I don't, I've not read into, I'm sure other people have said this. My conspiracy theory is that the rings of power, it's they're going to use the appendices as a, as a framework to do like the origin story, For different Lord of the Rings characters like Galadriel and Gandalf, and the Hobbits in the Shire, and then they'll set all that up, and then their Fellowship of the Ring remake, it'll be it'll be sort of following on from all the origin stories that they've made in the Rings of Power. That's all fan fiction, so it might say in the Rings of Power you'll have like Gandalf showing. There's this stranger character, and everyone thinks it's going Gandalf will show the hobbits the shire, and he'll say, Oh, you just stay safe over here, I'll see you again someday. And then the fellowship of the rings starts.
1: You think there's a point in time where it's rebranded not JRR, is it JRR? Or JJR getting mixed up with other, yeah, JRR Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, and it's Jeff Bezos's Lord yeah. of the Rings. <laughs> Oh, uh, my conspiracy theory, they're the same guy has been reincarnated oh, or yeah. bought his own work.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's actually, J.R. Tolkien, is writing The Rings of Power. And these the two showrunners that have never done anything before, that have come from Bad Robot, they're just figureheads and they've done, actually done nothing.
1: You heard it here first, always on the pulse of emerging news. Sorry, just to go back to the whole, are they going to reboot Lord of the Rings? This should probably feature in real news, but I don't think it warrants it. Do you know that the remaking The Strangers, the 2009 film, The Strangers? What's that? It was that... It's like a, a home invasion type thriller. I think Liv Tyler was in it. It's all kids in creepy masks that take over the house. It was quite a big horror film. Anyway, 2009... You've never heard of it.
0: Never heard of it.
1: Why Why are they recycling things that aren't even... All right, it's just gone a decade old, but come on, have some ambition and inventiveness, please. We don't need a remake of this so shortly afterwards. Anyway, we've waffled enough. James, let's waffle some more. What have you been watching this week?
0: The Dropout, which is not brand new content. It came out in March. This is... About the Theranos scandal, are you familiar with the Theranos scandal, the blood scandal with Elizabeth Holmes?
1: I am indeed. Listen to the podcast, watch one episode of The Dropout, and a documentary.
0: Great. Well, in this, Amanda Sif, Seyf- I've just looked up the pronunciation. I've already forgotten what it is. Sifried.
1: Was it? I don't play, think it play was. Play it. Play it for the listeners. Come on, you can hear it through the microphone. Can you hear it? Not now. It did. Do it again.
0: Amanda
1: Seyfried. There you go. All
0: right. Amanda Seyfried. I was tempted. I know you're thinking what I was thinking. Amanda Amanda Seyfried plays Elizabeth Holmes in this. And I was reading an article about the Emmys. And they said, oh, she didn't win. She should have won. I'd never heard of this. I'd never heard of it, despite knowing the story, which is that Elizabeth Holmes founded a company that claimed to have the technology to test for hundreds of illnesses with just one drop of blood, just one pinprick of blood. But the technology never existed, and Holmes went on trial for misleading investors. investors. Mm, mm.
1: You're a a nightmare for this, you. Spoiler. No, it is common knowledge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is common knowledge. and It's all covered in a HBO documentary called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, which I watched. The dropout is based on a podcast of the same name that focuses on different things like the hiring of a designer from Apple who quits in disgust. Is that the podcast that you've listened to?
1: It is indeed, yes.
0: It's a great podcast that I listen to after watching this. So it's a great adaptation of the podcast, captures everything. Amanda Seyfried is indeed brilliant and fantastic. You can see that transformation from college student Studying abroad in China to a turtleneck wearing CEO. And there's one particular scene that recreates a well known video shoot with, with the white background. And you can see the lights in her eyes. And Amanda Seyfried is Elizabeth Holmes. She just is. It's good acting. One flaw in it is that the soundtrack is quite repetitive. Because it's a program about tech, there's this synth bass. Rhythm like, like... it's telling you, this is about technology, it's about tech, this is about tech. But it doesn't, it gets really, really annoying, like my voice just did then. Is it worth what? Go on.
1: No, I was just going to say 75% of you doing that then, I thought was the. <grinder sensing interrupt> <laughs> it's a bit like that anyway sorry continue yeah.
0: but is this worth watching if you already know the story as we do it doesn't turn anything more shocking than what you already know about the lies the technology not working the high profile investors and the attention from creepy old men like joe biden and bill clinton but if you have sufficient interest in the, the topic in the scandal as i do it is worth watching Thankfully, they don't focus on the relationship between Elizabeth and Sonny, which is the mistake that we crashed made. You see the business side, the science, and you see other characters' perspectives as well, like the employees who are really struggling with the knowledge that everyone's being lied to and they're part of it and they don't know what to do.
1: I don't really know why I didn't carry on with this because... I think I'd still find it fascinating just to see, you know, as I did with the first episode. How, how faithful to the answer the podcast and, and putting in some stuff that was in the documentary. I think I will go back and watch this because I've heard a lot of people say it is very much worth your time, and especially for Amanda Seyfried's
0: performance. So the the only un, unfortunate thing is that either the verdict or the sentencing or both is about to be announced very soon. Mm. And the trials is taken place over the past year, and in between the collapse of the company and the trial, she got married and had a child, and the baby was born right before the trial was supposed to start, which delayed the trial. And that's covered in the podcast as well. And it's and all the people interviewed in the podcast say she's done this on purpose. This is manipulator. This is all deliberate, and all that would have made for more. Content for this program, yeah. So, will there be a season two? Mm. I'd li- I'd like a season two that just adapts the rest of the podcast, or a
1: Which Sandman way? style final episode drop. Yeah, that final just episode shoves drop shoves
0: hours and hours worth of content into forty five yeah. minutes. Port-room drama. What they do do, I don't know. I don't know what. I won't describe the final scene, of the final episode, but what they do in the final scene of the final episode—that's a sort of adaptation of what Elizabeth Holmes looks like and how she's perceived and what she's doing post Theranos life. Is this, would you say, because I didn't make my way
1: through it all, is it a more sympathetic portrayal of her?
0: I don't think it's sympathetic.
1: Okay. Because I did from the first, I think I might have seen the first two, I did from the opening few episodes think, oh, this is going to actually try
0: and paint her in a different light. But good to know that they didn't go down that route it's not like she's playing a horrible monster but there are some moments and some scenes where you're made to think this character is a psychopath it does what it does do though it does it doesn't it doesn't explicitly sh- show that she knows that she was lying which i suppose is deliberate mm. because who because who knows even though she was lying but it doesn't she doesn't there's no scene of her going ah we're lying and collecting loads of money why such good fraudsters, you don't, there's nothing like that.
1: I'm sorry if you did say, how can we watch that?
0: It's on Disney Plus in the UK. As it has been for months. James, anything new? This is new, brand new content. Industry, season two. The financial drama on the BBC and HBO, BBC, HBO co-production. Normally, I wouldn't talk about the second season of something because I like to offer up entry points into new content, but there are concerns about the viewership and the future of industry. So I'm going to use the influence of this podcast to uh, bring attention to industry. Maybe get the viewership into double digits for industry. Yeah, Season one. Recent graduates join PeerPoint investments and compete to keep their jobs. Some of them do, some of them don't. Season two, three years later, post-pandemic, the same graduates try to advance their careers while dealing with personal struggles. It's a still extremely high, 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 high pressure environment. There is a shot of someone's annual salary, Harper, who's must be about twenty two. It's two hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds. Annual. Yes.
1: Yeah, not not that annual. That's acceptable. That's in ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And she pulls a face and the guy giving her the piece of paper says, Well, your bonus is capped because you still knew. Sorry. He has to apologize because it's not high enough. Because she does a little twitch, like this doesn't seem like enough.
1: It's based in London though, right?
0: Yeah, so that'll, yeah, it she probably just about covers Rent. <laughs> exactly. Four characters get it covers. Harper, she's on a mission to secure a huge client called Mr. Covid, who profited during the pandemic. Yasmin is looking into wealth management. Gus is getting into politics. Rob is scared to cold call clients, but he does eventually. And he gets a client, but it's difficult. It's a difficult relationship. That's what they're all up to. And they're all having sex all the time. Some episodes, it feels like you're watching an erotic thriller. It's one scene after another. One episode opens with thrusting and moaning. You wonder what you're watching at times. This is supposed to be a financial drama. It's about told. It, about, investment, about investments. <laughs> but what makes the show great is the dialogue that's sharp, realistic, intelligent and funny. You could make a whole sitcom just out of the background dialogue that goes on on the trading floor. Just like season one, the economic jargon is complete gibberish. It's written by two people with experience in the industry and they don't hold back. They barely explain what is going on. In fact, they don't explain it. There's only one scene where one character says to another character, you've just done. You, you've just misled him to make the other guy More money. That's the only time that anything's explained. But it doesn't really matter because the performances, the directing, and the editing tells you enough about what's going on. For example, the wiggly stock price line on Harper's computer screen goes down. She does a sad face and ominous music plays. And you know, she done bad advice. Client lose money. This is bad. That's all you really need to know. Industry. On BBC, watch it. Serve this program. We need more.
1: I heard another podcasting singing its praises, and it it drew comparisons to Succession. And I thought, well, I'm definitely watching it now. Do you do you see that in it? Is it is it quite similar in some respects, or or not really? I think it was more the they're all horrible people, but in season two they actually get fleshed out a bit more and are not as horrible.
0: Yeah, I think that's a valid yeah. comparison. Not that they're all horrible people, and Succession is more of a comedy, but it's similar in the sense that this is taking you deep inside the world of like finance, investment, business, and these people are being pushed to the limit of shacking. Yeah, there is actually a a Succession reference as well. Someone walks in in a hoodie. And someone says, "Why are you walking around dressed like Kendall Roy?" <laughs> and and <laughs> there's a debate of whether industry and succession take place in the same universe, and they're referring to Kendall Roy, the real man, or whether they're referring to Kendall Roy, the character from Succession.
1: Oh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, it's but they're both HBO shows, aren't they?
0: Yeah. So a crossover where Logan Roy visits Pierpoint to talk to Harper would be an amazing scene. You never know. It might
1: happen just yet. But not in season two. Did you finish it?
0: I did finish it. It doesn't happen. No succession okay.
1: crossover. Season three, perhaps. James, is that all that's in the uh things of that you've been watching list of things? Is that yes. all that you've watched? That's it a better is. way of saying it.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it, but me and the wife, we've binged watched outlander from season one up to almost the end of season five five years of outlander in just a few weeks which i think is a pretty pretty big achievement
1: that is very good i've still got that on my list because again i just it crops up in a lot of unbelievable tv you cannot miss lists and i know you recommended it so yeah i've got to watch that
0: Gotta watch that daniel what have you been watching
1: you're not going to believe this james or at least you might because
0: is it a male-led true crime drama? No. Uh kind of.
1: <laughs> um, I did text you about it. It's it's Andor on Disney Plus. I can't believe that I've watched this. Um, so yeah, it's here finally. Tony Gilroy, the man who I've recently learned unofficially directed Rogue One, of which this is a prequel to. He brings us and or i don't know why I cho- well i do know why i chose to watch this but i guess would you say it's fair to say that disney since obtaining the rights have alienated a fair chunk of the star wars fan base including yourself by just churning stuff out yes yeah it's been uneven at best yeah yeah that's that's i'm, I'm saying that's fair i haven't watched it um other stuff but this this promised to be something different and like i said i'm not invested in this world to fully comment on that but i can say as somebody who is indifferent that i watched the first three episodes and i i am sold i'm in i'm in for the ride and it is odd because i watched this on a whim based on a game podcast that reviewed it and said Stick with the first three episodes, but make sure you watch episode three because the first two are like really, really talky and it doesn't progress much, but then it, it does have a full arc and it comes together within episode three. I don't agree with that at all. I was well invested within the first 10 minutes, I think. And I think part of that is down to the fact that I don't tend to watch a lot of sci-fi, but when I do watch sci-fi, it reminds me of how much I actually like it, but that's not it. I think I think the other part of it is is down to how amazing it looks. And as I say, hands up, I haven't seen The Mandalorian or Obi Wan or the Book of Boba Fett, so don't have that comparison point. But I believe they ploughed a lot of money into this, and 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 they obviously have in all of them. But like say Obi Wan, a lot of that budget probably went on you and McGregor. Here, they're mostly. Not mostly unknowns, there's some British actors you'll know, but they're not paying out as much. So that's all gone on the show itself. And as for what it's about, it follows... (laughs) This is the most basic (laughs) summary. It follows Cassian Andor, who is a bit of a thief slash pilot. And in layman's terms, he nicks something that's semi-important that belongs to the Empire. He kills two soldiers as well. That soldiers probably isn't the right term. I don't care. And then he finds himself on the run. And like I say, it's Star Wars, so I don't really think I have to go into the plot. You're either going to watch it or not. And the reason why I'm even bringing it up is I wouldn't watch Star Wars. I really like it. So you might say, oh, that intrigues me. I'll give it a go. The thing that I like, it looks, like I've said, it looks like dynamite, like especially in the first two episodes. It feels like one of the most polished-looking, lived-in worlds that I've probably seen in recent memory with a TV budget. And I, I am ignoring period dramas because I don't watch them, so I'm sure they do it very well as well. Um, and I don't I don't know what planet is they go to in the first two episodes, but it's a bit slummy, shall we say? But the architectural design of the surroundings just looks incredible, and maybe some of it is CGI, and it was far too convincing for me to you know even notice. But it it feels like they actually did this. These are all physical sets and I think it really does make a difference seeing practically things there in existence. It looks bloody expensive. So the other thing that I should probably say, which is important, I'm not invested in Star Wars. I've said that about five times now. I apologise, but it's accessible. It was accessible to me. I haven't seen Rogue One. That's probably of a benefit to me because I don't really know what it's leading up to. But I'm sure things have you know gone right over my head in terms of references but it doesn't feel reference heavy as well it doesn't feel like fan service and I've just finished episode five and it has sort of taken its foot off the gas a bit and it did remind me of what you brought up the other week with um, the Rings of Power when you said like oh, the last three episodes or however many it was that there's just building up to them going somewhere they're just constantly going somewhere and it The last two episodes have felt a bit like that, but it still feels as though there's something exciting happening within those episodes. So I love the world building. I like the political intrigue that's going on. I'm I'm in for the long haul.
0: And oh. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet, because I've I've seen reviews that have mentioned the whole slow burn two-episode thing. You're echoing a lot of what has been said i might just have to maybe i'll wait for it to finish and then and then watch it
1: oh i I would do because there's there's always the chance isn't there, that it ends up a bit of a dud and i'm not saying i even sense that at the minute but the fact that it does feel like i said that it's took its foot off the gas a bit is like do you have enough to pad out what is it 12 episodes really (laughs) because that's quite long now for a tv series as well isn't it yeah
0: but, how can it take its foot off the gas when apparently its foot its foot wasn't even on the gas to begin with, and it was already slow burn
1: so it is it is a slow burn, episode one and two, three things kick off a bit four it's the aftermath of kicking off and a bit of oh, now this is happening, and then episode the rest of episode four and five is and this is still happening, and we're still oh we're building up to what is going to happen, so. I'd just rather them go, we've got a plan. I'm, try- I'm trying to be spoiler free. We're going to execute the plan right now. Not wait until the next episode. Let's do it now. But at the same okay. time, I haven't found that boring. I think it's been interesting getting to know the characters involved.
0: Right. So. Okay. That's good. I don't have anything to back this up, but maybe it's already been said, but my theory is that this was supposed to be led by Felicity Jones, who was the main character in Rogue One who people maybe actually cared about. But she said, nah, and they thought, oh, we'll do the other character. You know, the other one. Um, What's he called? The one, uh, the one that uh he hugged her at the end. You mean that? Yeah, Andor, Andor, yeah, well, Andor, we'll do it with Andor, him, yeah. Is he, who is the actor that played him? Anyway, call him and we'll see if we can make it about Andor instead. I think that's what happened.
1: I wouldn't be surprised, but you know what? It worked out in its favour. Because yeah. like I say, they can spend more on the budget of the show and, and how it looks, which is my word, it looks so good. Yeah. And he's very good. He is a very good actor actually, isn't it? I will say. Like him a lot.
0: Yeah. Don't know his and I'm name, glad...
1: but to your point.
0: Diego <laughs> Luna. Diego yes, Luna. Okay. I'm glad you've pointed out that probably the budget for Obi Wan Kenobi went to Hugh Mcgregor's mm-hmm. paycheck. So that's why they had no money for sets and they just shot it in the Californian desert where they put up some MDF box houses painted grey.
1: But it is like, sorry, I don't want to go on it about it for too long, but you know when you first saw Blade Runner and like the whole landscape is like, oh my, this looks really interesting. It's, it's not to that extreme because it's not as densely populated, but it's just the amount of time and effort that's gone into just like I don't know, the ridge of a building or or a room specifically and how it's got a sort of curvature to it. It's just all very interesting to look at. And then you go from that sort of environment to, I don't know, there's like a couple who live in quite a, you know, they're rich, whatever, they live in a massive mansion. Even that's interesting and very contrasting with what you've seen before in the other environments. I just find it very, very interesting Uh, the world that they've created so
0: okay very good on disney plus of course yes what else have you been watching inside man
1: not the 2000 and whatever year film it was with dental washington and there's a few other people in it can't remember now it's not that it's a bbc show and it's stephen moffat the man who I think it's fair to say that he brings a certain level of esteem and expectation when he's involved. So he gave us revive Doctor Who, which I didn't care for. I've never liked Doctor Who, sorry. And Sherlock, which I stopped watching. And in terms of reasons for watching it, it's a fairly airless cast, at least in terms of the two leads, you've got Stanley Tucci and David Tennant. Maybe I should have looked up Stanley Tucci. Is it Tucci or Tucky or Touche. I don't know. What would you say, James, just out of interest? Tucci. Thanks. That's, we're in agreement. So this is about David Tennant, who plays a fucking vicar. And I'm sorry for swearing, but he says that he's a in vicar in all four episodes. So still, no, no point swearing, actually, even though I've said that. Anyway, he's caught in an impossible situation an apparently impossible situation where a series of events lead to his son's mass tutor believing that his son, or the vicar himself, is a paedophile. Slight spoiler. Meanwhile, across the pond in the good old US, Stanley Tucci is a guy who is convicted of brutally murdering his wife. He's sat on death row, but all of these people are going to be connected in some way just you wait and see i do want to reveal more about the show but i really think you have to watch it what i will boil it down to is it is illogical to the point of sheer frustration and it is strange because it's still oddly compelling and that you want to see how ridiculous is it actually going to go and it goes very very stupid so you've you've got to suspend all belief reason and logic and you'll definitely question the decisions in fact i'm going to let you into a bit of what happened so this mass tutor thinks he's a paedophile he's like well you you can't leave the house you can't leave the house that know that you've discovered this information and through a series of of really really poor decisions she ends up in his basement with them going oh we're gonna have to kill her like actually that could happen but the way in which it unfolds you're just like why are you reacting in this way David Tennant why you you idiot you massive massive idiot and you you, you will question what the character is doing throughout the whole thing and it does make you think at times is this a comedy or is it a drama because it's dealing with really dark subject matter in some bits like paedophilia for example but then it's really whimsical and I think they were actually intending on going for that sort of thing but it just feels like these two tones are just contrasting with each other throughout the whole show and it leaves it feeling a bit silly and poorly written. So in fact, the, the best summary of this, my mate texted me this week and he said, it's basically Mr. Bean for adults. And I, and I think that's actually fair. So I, I was left pretty perplexed by this thing. <sighs> and it, and it also like, it wants to drive a message on that basically anybody can be driven to murder But I suppose the execution of that message relies on you swallowing the fact that none of these people have a logical bone in their body. So, yeah, if you you decide to watch it, and, you know, it ticks the box in that it's unintentionally funny, it's dark, it's easy to watch, it is fast-paced, but it's stupid. So it might still be worth watching. If you do, watch till after the credits. Episode four, which further solidified that the filmmaker has no intentions of being taken seriously. Surely he doesn't. Um, so yeah, a bit of an incoherent mess, but fun enough.
0: So you have done a male led crime drama, all
1: right? That's why I switched it around for Andor. I suppose Andor is a bit as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. would you recommend Inside Man or not? <laughs> The switch your brain off type
1: TV, yes, but if you, none of it makes any sense.
0: Okay. Very hard to Google this program.
1: Because of the film?
0: Yeah, because of the film. There's another sh- BBC show or a UK show called Inside Men. Is that all right? But not as hard to Google as a program that's called From.
1: Oh, God, no. That definitely wins that award,
0: 100%. Or not as hard. You know what is hard? Looking for, say, a fireworks uh, event in sale, which may or may not be where I live. Because if you search for sale fireworks, you just get results for fireworks sales. It doesn't read it as a location. I'm not trying to be a smart
1: ass here, by the way, because I completely understand where you're coming from. Can you put events on Google Maps?
0: Yes. Problem solved. That's true. Do you have anything else on the watch list this week?
1: I've watched bloody loads, and I mean loads. Like I've had to cut six things out, so let's not talk about them now. So no,
0: but yes. Okay, right. But very quickly, House of the Dragon. Are you are you up to date? Are you still watching it? Do you I, think it's good? You're not, you're not even up to date. No,
1: I'm sorry. I've watched loads, and it's meant that that suffered because it's the one thing that we've chose to watch together. But yet, she'll always, even though she likes it, it's the thing that she wants to watch the least. So we prioritise everything else. Bad Sisters, for example, which I'll be reviewing next week, which is awesome.
0: It is awesome. I don't know why I didn't talk about it. <laughs> Should we both do I've a deep that. dive next week? Yeah, we'll do. We'll go. We'll do deep on Bad Sisters next week because that is amazing. It's amazing. I have to know. I have to know how he died.
1: Yeah. The prick. And he is a prick, isn't he? He's is a right prick, yeah. Speaking of pricks, most of them bring us the news, especially of the tabloid sort. So let's get to... I don't know. I don't know. Do we even have any real news? No. <laughs> well, let's play a jingle and see what
0: happens. Okay. It's the real thing. It is now... Real, real news. News. William Shatner went to space, which we discussed in a previous episode. Do you remember briefly talking about that? He's written an exclusive article for Variety.com that is an excerpt from his book. And he says that my trip to space filled me with overwhelming sadness. Get this. It was among the strongest feelings of grief I've ever encountered. The contrast between the vicious coldness of space and the warm, nurturing of earth below filled me with overwhelming sadness every day we are confronted with the knowledge of further destruction of earth at our hands the extinction of animal species of fauna and flora things that took five billion years to evolve suddenly we'll never see them again because of the interference of mankind you ungrateful git
1: I'm glad you got in there very quickly because all the way through that, I was thinking what an absolute waste of money then. Yeah. So this is just an opportunity for him to, well, this is part of a new book, is it?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's his book written by him. Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder.
1: Mm. Well, just trying to capitalize on book sales there and paint himself in a good light, if you ask me. Other than that, waste of money. Like I said, I'm pretty sure it doesn't even feel like that. Isn't he an, is he an environmentalist at heart? Doubt I don't it. know.
0: He's gone up there. He's gone up there on Bezos's money. And now he's saying, oh, the environment. I'll look after the environment. Come on. Which is it?
1: Pretty sure that rocket taking off probably took about two years off the, uh, the lifespan of Earth anyway. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Trying yeah. shit
0: Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> In other news, also on Variety.com, I didn't just look at the top stories on Variety. That's not, not what's happened here. Uh, the hatred against Chris Pratt goes on. By the time Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out, they'll have to remove him from the film because he'll be so unpopular. Chris Pratt's Mario voice baffles fans after first listen. Holy S. It's literally just Chris Pratt's voice. People are said to not be happy with the voice. This is some comments from Twitter collected by a Variety. Why? Why does Mario have Sonic's voice? You can tell Jack Black put a ton of love and heart into his Bowser voice while Chris Pratt just uh, spoke. Anymore? Just scrolling through now. Good to know that Chris Pratt was hired to voice Mario as Chris Pratt. Who would have thought, Chris Pratt's big secret voice in the Mario movie would be his normal speaking voice. Hatred. Pure hatred for this man. This poor, this poor, this poor man.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I know that just from things that I've read, this has come about because some of his political leanings, which are said to actually not be as strong as what people think they are. And he made some quite disparaging comments about his son unintentionally so or daughter I can't remember and the hate's just poured down ever since so that he is
0: the most hated Chris in Hollywood
1: I don't get it
0: yeah yeah. I think he he hasn't really said much of anything but because he hasn't said what people want him to say they've decided that he is the devil incarnate
1: I think he's the victim of his own overexposure perhaps within yes. a short period of time but I don't, I don't mind him. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the most charismatic thing in any of the... In fact, no, he probably is one of the most charismatic things in the Jurassic World movies. But at the same time, bit one note.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I don't Getting know. A bit,
0: yeah. Getting a bit tired of his shtick now.
1: I just don't think he could win with this, though, because, like I say, I'm, I'm quite a keen gamer and I listen to a lot of Gaming podcast, read a lot of the news, and I think everyone was kicking off about him being Mario. And if he'd have gone down the route of being Italian, that's a lose lose situation. He's not coming out of that. So he said, I'm not even going to give you the chance. I'm going to use my own voice. Well, guess what? That's not going to work out for you either, Chris. If he'd have used a female voice, maybe we'd be having a different conversation.
0: Yeah. But, hey, that's a Mario. We'll even watch it, though. Once these films come out, do actors even watch this? And I like it when actors admit that they don't even watch their own content. Johnny Depp said some comments in his trial where he said, I've not even seen that film that you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I've not seen it. And there's another one here. In The Hollywood Reporter, from Jenna Coleman, in an interview about her major film role, Clock and She's talking about the Sandman. It's such a great success, and there's going to be a Constantine spin-off starring you. And I'm so I'm so thrilled to be part of it. And she says, in response to you, must be delighted about the reaction to Sandman. And she says it, it's been great. I feel like it's had a great reaction among the fans as well as the critics. Hollywood Reporter asks, Have you had a chance to watch it yourself? I haven't seen it yet wilderness which she's working on has been one of those shows that's so intense i haven't been able to watch anything for ages they don't even watch it they don't watch the stuff and i wish more people would think of that when um when they refer to actors on first name terms like they're even bothered who they they are they're not bothered
1: Mm -hmm. which is fine they
0: shouldn't they shouldn't be bothered but let's not delude ourselves They're, they're, they're paid to turn up and do a job and if they do a job that's fine but they don't have a deep connection to the to the content like we like to imagine.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm sure there's one or two who do, but yeah, on the most part, not the case. But yeah, it does baffle me a bit because you would think that from a self assessment point of view, you would you would want to watch your work back and go, was it good? What can I improve? Mind you, they've made it. Haven't they? You don't need to now Yeah, yeah, fair enough.
0: Some some of them they don't even. You know how um, actors aren't really supposed to look from one eye to the other? The person they're talking to, they're not really supposed... It's said that you're not supposed to look between the left and right eye, the person you're talking to, because it's really okay. obvious that your eyes are going back and forth, and it's really distracting. Now that I've told you this, you won't be able to unsee it. And the advice is to just focus... If you're going to do eye contact on screen, just look at one eye so your eyes don't move. Really? And, and and yasmin in industry she's really bad for that because her eyes are just darting back and forth between her dad's eyes and it was distracting took me out of the scene
1: i ugh, hate you i'm not going to be able to unsee that I? <sighs> anyway tell you another thing that we can't unsee Men, yeah yeah yeah
0: like to order an opinion please this film is new fresh point of view Promise me sit back this is a fact we in the aisles here are some hours thoughts in sync tell you what to think i'll listen to you but please don't rap again this week's main review is blonde
1: miss Monroe it's time
0: you get your start
1: maybe what start
0: in movies
1: Quite continental but diamonds are a
0: girl's best
1: friend i guess i was discovered Men broke home as girls. i know you're supposed to get used to it and we all lose our job the I just can't. I've played Marilyn Monroe.
0: Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. A fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe
1: was waiting for more. though that's literally it, isn't it? That's it. James, what did you think about Blonde? Blonde,
0: a film that I was anticipating quite a lot. I'm not really sure why. I think because it it feels like a, the first proper big release on Netflix for a while. They release pure rubbish every week, but this felt like, oh, this is actually, their, this is their film that they're going to try and, Up for awards, Really contend for things. Anyway, it's good to feel represented on screen. Uh, I'm blonde. The main character is blonde. Uh, Finally, Netflix are telling stories about light-haired people. Have I read the book? No. Do I know Marilyn Monroe's life story besides the most well-known events and iconic moments? No. Many reviews and comments talk about this film not honouring Marilyn's life first name terms. Everyone's on first name terms. Doesn't show humour or intelligence. It's only the bad parts, only the bad parts of her life. And the book is fan fiction and terrible, and the film is terrible as well. I have the luxury of ignorance here, is the point that I'm making. It does help to know that this is a fictionalised account of Marilyn Monroe's life, though. This has been called a hateful biopic, but I didn't read it as a biopic. I didn't know until now that the IMDb description did say it's a fictionalised account. I didn't think it was a biopic. The story, if you can call it that, loosely follows the rise and rise of Marilyn Monroe's fame and marriages. And I wasn't following what was going on because the characters are barely introduced or explained. But I can only assume that's intentional. I think it's an experimental series of vignettes about fame and power and suffering that's my ger- generous interpretation of it because it's got really really bad reviews very bad reviews 5.6 5, 5. on imdb there's no rhythm it's too long but it's a ruddy bloody good looking film all the black and white scenes are brilliantly photographed and emphasised. emphasize photographed the audition scene where she wears a Black turtleneck, another black turtleneck in this episode. And the men are all sitting watching her. I was staring at the screen in awe, just of the photography, staring at my 13-inch laptop screen. I was in a trance. I thought, this is brilliant. This looks so good. But the effect wears off after the first hour, and I ended up watching this film in four sittings. Because, yeah, it's not engaging, despite Anna de Armas puts in a great performance. Finally allowed to be the the lead role in something, showing how good she is. Unlike the James Bond film, unlike The Greyman, she's here showing what she's got. She's committed, raw, excellent, good. My take, what's my take on it? My take is that she's playing Marilyn Monroe as a child, a child that's being eaten up and spat out by the world. She's not playing Marilyn Monroe And it's deliberate. And that worked for me. It makes the violence and the amount of skin that you see a bit more disturbing. But does it amount to anything? Not really. It would have been a very good music video, but we already have Madonna's Vogue video, which is basically this, but with a good song to go along with it. I don't think it's hateful. And I don't think the director, Andrew Dominique, is a hateful, exploitative person. If it was exploitation, then the nudity would be clearer and less disturbing than it is. I think he's trying to make a very obvious point about exploitation, but why make it three hours long with no story?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Daniel, what did you think of Blonde?
1: Uh, Well, I I came into this a bit cautious because... I was originally anticipating it quite a bit. Then I heard very mixed things, and it did it make me think. This is strange. How do you go from having an unprecedented 14-minute standing ovation at a film festival to everyone hating a film? I thought I don't don't really know how this is going to work. What's it going to be like? Why is the hate there? And. You know, there's there's been loads of articles over the last week with, you know, viewers switch off after 20 minutes of unwatchable blonde. Blonde, not bond. Uh, viewers can't stomach this horrific film. It's fetishizing female pain and torment. Shut up. Sorry. Um, but as for me personally, I put this on and I had a similar experience to you. I did end up watching it in three or four sittings, but I put it on and I thought, watch 10 minutes, God, if it's that bad, just see what you're in store for. And then it was like 70 minutes later. And I thought, you need to go to bed. Just just stop and resume the next day. So it actually captured me for a good hour longer than I intended for it to do. So and I'll just hold my hand up right now and say the main draw for me is Anna Diamas because I love the woman. She's gorgeous. And you mentioned it. She was criminally underutilised in the last Bond film. So I was, not just because she's gorgeous, I think she does have something about her. I think she's a good actress. I was rooting for her to have her moment. And I agree. I think she absolutely kills it. And I've heard a lot of people commenting on her accent slipping quite a bit. She's Cuban, for God's sake. Like for her to master this accent as much as she has, I think it's brilliant. And I, I did not even question the authenticity of it, or, or see that accent slip. Did you really? I thought she was really good from that
0: side of things. I wasn't thinking about the the accent that much, but again, it, I think she was doing a. It was like she was she was doing a child's impersonation of Marilyn Monroe. Is what I saw it as.
1: Fair point. Uh, but aside, and it is interesting actually that reading because I did not even think about that, but. Aside from the accident, I, I do honestly think that her performance is next level. There's there's so much that's demanded of her emotionally in the film, and you can't possibly say that she doesn't give it her all. So <clears throat> can't say enough good things about her. The film itself, I think, I mean, you said you could argue this isn't biographical tale, it is in a way, but unlike anything I've seen before, and I, I kind of admired it at first for that. I think it's trying to tell a story or a certain point about the story or a message, but in a different way. And that's that's Breath of Fresh Earth. That's, that's nice. I like that. And he does it through a lot of weird artistic methods, whether it be constantly flitting back between colour and black and white, the scene transitions and how Marilyn Monroe's at one moment in a living room this is just an example i can't remember the specifics and then the camera like pans around and then suddenly she's on the red carpet and it almost all has like a bit of a dreamlike quality to it i i felt anyway and I, i agree again with what you said i think it's an extremely well shot film from a very accomplished director that i wanted to ask you about this completely not relevant and going off on one this is the guy who did the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford or whatever it's called with Brad Pitt. Didn't we watch this together?
0: Yes, we did. We did watch it together. I remember that we were like, what did we just watch? That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's a similar feeling here. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: But anyway, as it went on, I started to like pick apart that artistry a bit. Like you said, it it kind of went on a bit too long and I started thinking, is it adding anything to the story or is it just here for the sake of it? And I I do think it's a bit of both. I think that Andrew Dominic, he's very purposely trying to tell her story in a very unconventional way. Like you again referred to, there's no like linear A to B plot in relationships just dissolve without any like finality. It's just on to the next point. And and you said, I did not even notice it, but you don't really get introduced to people either. So it is very unconventional and it leaves the structure of it feeling a bit messy and chaotic but for me I thought that was again purposeful in that he wanted you to feel like she's just being swept along with this Hollywood machine she feels lost and it's all very disorientating in a way which you feel as a viewer and I thought that kind of made sense and I I knew what he was going for but then there's some other bits which I don't think it's a spoiler to say but there's this scene where there's like a film premiere and all the men have filmed in slow motion. It like pans across and they've all got incredibly like wide mouths. And then it goes in the theater. Can't even remember what happens, but the screen's a bit weird. And then suddenly you see the end scene of the film and then the audience gets up and cheers and all that bits like sped up. And I thought, what, what is this? Like what I don't, I kind of understood what you were doing before but this just feels completely unnecessary and I don't know what your goal is. Um so yeah it just felt like what looked like flourish at the beginning is then looked like camera tricks for no real reason. So one of the one of the things that I do applaud it for and this sounds like I'm like taking um what's what's the word I'm looking for. I'm like reveling in my dad's misconception of what this film is but he put it on he was like oh, I'll come watch it. I was like what is this? But I like think this is quite... It's not what you expect for a biopic. And like you said, you could argue whether it is or not. But I think it's almost like a... If you want to know what her life story was, then watch her get used and abused and put through misery for three hours. That's what her life ended up being. So enjoy the ride sarcastically. And I think that is very much not what people would expect out of this film. So I, I, again, I, I think it's good in that sense, but there's just that fine line between whether it worked or not. So anyway, I'm going on for too long. There's no glimmers of hope within this film. It is a mood ruiner, not a booster. So do not sit down with your partner on a Friday night and watch this. It will kibosh your entire weekend. That's my (laughs) review.
0: Very well said, as always. Thank you. The scene where the, photographers have very wide mouths i uh i wondered what was going. well it's 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 obvious what's going on they're all going oh yeah look at you we're gonna eat you up because we're all looking at you it's that like, okay fine you've made your point but why do why are there like three different scenes with photographers in and people pointing cameras at? yeah it's like you, you, the, the point is made why is it still going on
1: i was going to ask you because Again, I consumed it in in several different settings. So me now thinking back, having that sort of interrupted experience, it's hard to remember. But first 40 minutes, I thought there's logic and reason to them using the black and white and the colour. So I can't remember which way around it was, but it was like colour represents where she's in the moment and she's not acting and it's it's real to her. And then black and white is her playing a part. Yeah. But, But then... It just seemed like, actually, no, there isn't any reason for it at all. Yeah. Or did you see any to that? I'll just yeah, I was
0: trying to figure it out as well. Maybe if we watched it a second time, we'd figure it out. I thought it might be that when it's in colour, she's Norma Jean. And when it's in black and white, she's Marilyn Monroe. Mm. And they make reference. There's a scene it, it was really muffled, and I had to watch it three times that I realised subtitles to figure out what this guy was. Her assistant, who, again... Isn't introduced her like assistant? He says to her, Don't worry, we're going to conjure Marilyn within an hour, and that's towards the end. It's like Marilyn Monroe is his different character, and the trailer makes that very clear. But then I realized, No, hang on, the whole opening sequence with her mother that's all in black and white mm. before the Marilyn Monroe character is created. So it's not, it's not that. So I, yeah, I couldn't figure it out either, but it did, yeah, it did seem by the end there was no rhyme or reason behind any of it behind the color black and white switch but that like with a lot of things i think it is a film where you pro you prop someone will no doubt go through it and analyze it and interpret it and write an essay about it and it will make sense Mm. the interpretation and the intentions but to sit and watch it for three hours what is why what is the point oh no i get it's i get the point But why do you need three hours? And then there's other critics, which is in their right as well, saying, yeah, you're probably making a point about exploitation, but did you need to put me through three hours of this to make your point? Because I just feel depressed now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting hearing you say that, though, because because I did do split sittings. I did not feel the length of it, like, (laughs) obviously. But at the same time, I wasn't like, this feels... Over long, this feels unnecessary, yeah. Bar one or two bits that I've already pointed out that I'm like, I don't get the reasoning behind this. It didn't feel padded, I suppose, or, or unnecessarily padded for me. So it's interesting to see. So, you do think it is too long. I mean, three hours is a long time, maybe. I don't yeah, know what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> um, I've just done the math and 180 is three hours divided by 20 is nine so what if what if they did it as a nine episode series of twenty minute episodes that was just like here's here's a blast twenty minute blast of just visual <laughs> splendor, and that's the episode and each 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 episode is like an unexplained out of context segment from Marilyn Monroe's life that'll be more watch that would be more watchable
1: would it though or would it not lose that? Because even though you're watching it separately, you know that it's meant to be viewed as one full experience yeah, in one. That, that that yeah. that's always at the back of your mind, and I think with this, it does feel gruelling by the end. But again, really think you're meant to feel that. <laughs> <Like> that <you laughs> yeah, should, I think you are. Not want yeah. to watch this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you because by the end, when I think you're supposed, I think maybe you're supposed to see the, the gradual degradation, mm. which climaxes with the. um JFK scene, and with her saying, "You're dragging me around like a piece of meat," and that's where that's where the black and white and color starts to flip too much, and it all starts to fall apart. And...
1: Yeah, I must admit. Yeah, last... I think you're
0: supposed you're supposed to maybe see the just the complete degradation mm-hmm. by the end. Maybe that's the point. But you, see, you don't need three hours for that either.
1: No, you're right. You're right. Um, and you know what? I've got, I'm just going to mention this point because it's th- spoiler. Guess what? She dies. Um, I don't think we need to go into spoilers, do we? No, I don't think so. I just wanted to ask so you you made the observation that it's not it's not too explicit with with the with the nudity like they they could have gone further. I'm not denying that, but I actually thought <sighs> the fact that people are calling it exploitative. I feel like they've given people ammunition by having her naked so much in this film, like if you remove those scenes. You wouldn't have half that criticism, I don't think. And I just thought it was a bit. I don't even know what point I'm trying to make here. Actually, thinking about it, <laughs> I just feel like they've set themselves up for for a fall and for the criticism. Just saying, here's a target. We're going to get Anna Diamas to be naked quite a lot in this film, and then whatever argument you want to make about you know degrading Marilyn Monroe's character or the actress herself, maybe. They've they've made a rod for their own back there, and I feel like yeah. they could have avoided that criticism if they kind of toned it down a bit. I think is what I'm saying.
0: Yes, but would but could what's he called Nicholas Dominic? That's not his name, and, Andrew Dominic. Andrew Dominic would Andrew Dominic have been able to make the same point, whatever point he is making, if there wasn't this much nudity? I think because maybe you're, you're supposed yeah. you're supposed to feel like I'm seeing too much here. Yeah. And you can only do that by actually showing everything so you' that like, you're seeing too much of of her life and you're seeing too much degradation that you want to interfere in, and then when you see when you do see too much, you're just like, oh, come on, just stop yeah i, just, I didn't say just, that just stop. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> sorry, I know what you're saying um yeah, valid, yeah, probably wouldn't have worked as much, so I saying that. Did it work? I don't know. I do um, feel very conflicted with this film. But if
0: if you're gonna have, but if you when she basically, what I'm saying is that if it's gonna be a point about her being a piece of meat, you have to see the meat. You have to see it. I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm saying no, no, no. I know what you I Can't make a film about her about that without just showing the, you know, showing a body. Yes, It's really, yeah. it's really uncomfortable conversation. But you know, in um. You know, engulfed in, in the shell, which I've never seen, but I know. Nineteen ninety-five yeah. anime. No, you character...
1: mean the Scarlet Johansson film? No, phone.
0: no, the 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 main character is like naked for half of it, and that's not exploitation. The point that's being made is that she doesn't see her own body as you know yeah. an attractive naked body. She just she sees her own body as a human skin suit that she walks around in and she never sees the need to cover herself up. It's Bato who is attracted to her. He covers her up and puts a jacket over her and and covers her up because he sees her in a way that she doesn't see herself. And that's why you need to see that character naked so much so that when her body gets ripped apart and there's all wires inside of it, 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 you know, it challenges how you're seeing her. That's one way to do nudity all the way through a film. This film, someone probably might try to mount a similar defense for it, but it's more difficult. But it's not impossible. You can get there, but it would be difficult, I think, to explain why she's naked for half the film.
1: Yeah. And and just to kind of because I, I agree I agree with everything that you've just said, actually. And I'm gonna backtrack almost to say it's not that it's not that I think there was too much nudity is the fact that they've opened themselves up to the criticism Yeah. by going about it the way that they did, even though had they not done it, it wouldn't have the impact that it has. Cause it, I'll tell you for why, why I'm saying this. So I've read some criticism from a model, forgetting her name, Emily, whatever she's called. And it was about this fetishization of, the female misery and torture and i thought if you think this is in any way meant to get anybody off or glamorizing or or like it's you miss the point it's not the whole point of this is look how brutal this is and horrible and i I just i'm as much as we both both said we don't know whether it works i'm very surprised at the outrage yeah about it that aspect of it has me a bit baffled
0: Yes, and to back what you're saying, there is a threesome scene in this, and they stretch out the image and distort it so you can you can't really even tell what's going on. Mm. So there was a chance there to really make it, you know. Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. They didn't take it. They did the opposite and made you made it so you can't even see anything. Instead, so that's why I think there's there's something to it's. I think it's a bit more. It's not as easy as just saying, "Oh, this is." Yeah. yeah. If we keep more, talking more. about this one thing, it'll sound like that's that's all we've taken away from the <laughs> film, and it's the only memorable aspect of it. Adrian Brody was in the film as well. Oh, Adrian Brody—he's a good actor, isn't he? He's in this film.
1: He was good, yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, and um, I know
1: his name. He was in the film and loads of other stuff. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not the only thing. But let's be honest—the thing that we've spoke about pretty much centers on what a lot of the press has been
0: exactly so, yeah that we're we're only reacting to yeah we're reacting to the reaction which is focused on that aspect of it
1: yeah so we have done no wrong yeah maybe other than slightly sticking up for the film but never mind
0: um yeah bobby Cannavale. that's Cannaval? the one he's the guy yeah, yeah.
1: Right, time is limited. James, there's no spoilers this week, but after all is said and done, would you recommend Blonde?
0: No, I wouldn't. Okay. Daniel, would you recommend Blonde?
1: Whether it fully works is a different matter, but like you said, I think this is a bit of an experiment, and as an experiment, I found it interesting enough to say yes, but I downright think that most people will hate it. So... Proceed with caution.
0: Daniel, what are we watching next week?
1: Quite possibly Halloween ends, but there's other options available. So um, in a word, two words, don't know. So thank you very much for listening. If you wish to leave us any feedback, you can do so at intheislespodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram where there's plentiful pretty images. That's in podcast. And leave us a five-star review and rating. James, if you were a Hollywood star in the mid-1950s, would you be alive today? No. Right. Don't know what I was going for with that one. Thanks. See you next week. (laughs)